everybody. Welcome to my first day on the job. It's a great garage pod with co-host Jason Pridmore, who is on the line. But this one is brought to you by Bike911.com. Go check it out. Jason Pridmore, Bike911.com is called a website, and it resides on the interwebs somewhere. Ah, very nice. So you go into this web browser, and you type in that thing called a URL, and then you go there. Because if you need legal advice, you go check out our boy Alex Asante. He will talk to you. He's a motorcycle enthusiast. He'll get you set up with what you need. JP, it is raining like a mad dog out there. Your part of California, Ventura County, has made the national news in terms of how much rain is falling. Everything okay where you are? What's up? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been a bit rough. Not going to lie. Um, you know, I live about 40 minutes south of Santa Barbara, and they closed the freeway getting up there a couple days ago. And um, yeah, it was uh, in Montecito's gotten hit really hard again, where the fires and stuff were five years ago, but, um, you know, where I live, I'm okay. And, uh, but yeah, it's nice today. It's gorgeous today. So it's, you know, it's going to start getting the dry out, but I guess this weekend it's supposed to rain more, but, um, yeah, it's been, it's been flooding everywhere. So California's just not used to this kind of, uh, kind of rain that we've got, but all good is on the my rain kind of, ha- is the rain <clears throat> hanging like on the coast or are this weekend? I know, there's a Chuck Walla, old Jeff White's heading on an airplane to go ride at Chuck Walla good old, from good old from Jeff New York. White. Yeah. Good old Jeff White. Um, is it supposed to rain at the track no, this weekend? Chuck Walla is going to be great. Uh, I don't oh, know okay. why it just That's never great. ends up. It never ends up raining out there. It's supposed to be mid sixties out there and nice, so it's going to be uh, it's going to be great. Got a, I got a new kind of little venture on Friday. We got um, these Fridays where we're doing a small group formatted schools on Friday before SoCal, Greg. So we got to get you out to come and do some riding with us at those you know it's yeah. not really fair it's not fair that jeff white's out here and you're not you know <laughs> battle of the brothers oh man i'm not no it's not happening no give me like give me 10 days on track and then i'll get on the same racetrack as jeff white because if that dude's faster than me i'll never hear the end of it till the that's end of actually time. that's actually respect that you're showing jeff there because you've been told I, i've been told and plus jeff rides all the time i mean he rides like a 30, lot 34 track days this year or something but he's dude he's just like like we were talking just now he's a lot like you he's just super steady rides super well and um yeah he's 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 good fun to have around so yeah it'd be great to have you both out there with us you know what's nice though is that he was able to get into an early launch of the q5 so like the guys at the new york ducati or whatever they had a track day i think it was at safety track if i'm not mistaken and Josh Heron was there, I believe. And Dunlop had kind of pre-launched the Q5 before we went and did our pre-launch. And Jeff Jeff White bought like three pairs of Q5s or something like that. They were like a discounted price. Yeah, absolutely loves them. So, you know, he's he's been the track day guy that like is addicted to tire warmers, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I think he's he's like he still uses them. And and there are arguments to be made about tri- tire warmers and stuff. And and actually for the future, we're you know I was talking to the guy who who uh, is in charge of. Cap at USA, who's supporting a lot of the Moto America teams, uh, Greg Arnold, and we're going to have him on. I'm going to have him on the podcast, and we're going to talk tire warmers because there's a lot of misinformation out there about tire warmers and how you should use them and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And I'm not saying tire warmers are a bad thing, and I know that you don't think they're a bad thing, Jay, but no, I think that not people at all. overuse them sometimes, and especially with Q5s. I mean, if you're out there doing your days on, you have a, you still have a specialty ZX10, or are you riding a stalker now? No, I, I, it's, it's stock. It's got an exhaust on it and, and, 
you know, Chuck Graves flashed the ECU in it, but I mean, it's stuck oh, okay. everything. Everything's now, do, stock you, you, do you use Q4s or 5s or fives. do you use slicks? Oh, you use Q5s. I use, I use both because obviously uh, a typical story when COVID hit, a lot of stuff was limited. So, um, mm-hmm. so for me, uh, the Q5, when we just went to the launch, I talked to Taylor Knapp extensively about the Q5s and, you know, Greg, it, we went back and we talked to Cam Peterson. Remember a couple of weeks ago, they put the Q5s yeah. with no tire warmers on the factory superbikes, and they were three seconds off what they normally run. So you think about that, three seconds um, off of what they would normally get down to. And I, I look, it it doesn't matter to me. If people use warmers, use warmers. Warmers are what give people confidence. Everybody's heard of people crashing on cold tires. What's incredible, though, is that with the Q5s, within four corners, I can be up to speed. You know, like yeah. literally I could be up to speed. I can do, I can do roughly because of the performance of the bike and how I ride. Um, I can get down to just about the same times on Q5s right now as I could if I had slicks on that are off warmers because, you know, I'm only going to ride a stock bike as, as hard as I can. And, and um, the Q5s can handle that. I mean, again, we're talking factory super bikes were three seconds off that what they would normally run from a street tire to or track day tire to a track to day a tire on slick. Yeah. To a slick. Yeah. There's so, the Q5. There's the Q5, which is, it's DOT legal, but really it's designed for track day stuff. Roll the bike off the, out of the trailer, out of the back of your truck, whatever. Then there's Q5S, which has similar properties, but is, is more a tire that's designed to go tackle the canyons and to be able to ride to the racetrack and then do some track days and ride home. That's more right. like Q5S. But yeah. uh, the, the coolest thing is about those tires is that the, front profile of the tire is identical to the front slick that they run in Moto America. Right. So what, what a lot of people don't realize is that the rain tires that teams use, those, those are Japanese tires and they're not the same size as the tires. Dunlop develops those tires in the U S they make them bigger, smaller, the profile changes. The slicks we have now don't match the profile of the rain tire. So there is some setup involved one way or the other, just because of the height difference. I mean, you have to at least adjust traction control, with a 3D model and all that kind of stuff. And right. Stan Bully's listening to this right now going, you're so dumb and so wrong, but you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, close. Exactly. I know I'm close. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, look folks, we have, we have, we have, we're going to talk about some news and stuff. And of course we're going to talk about Supercross because round one kicked off. And we're also going to talk about Supercross fantasy and the Dunlop Q5 plays right into it because it's one of the prizes that we do have there. If you want to support us because you're enjoying the content we're providing you, Go to patreon.com slash Greg's Garage TV. The link is in the description of this podcast if you want to check that out. But Jay, why don't we uh, why don't we hop right into our news presented by Arai? Oh yeah. Hey, do you know that for three generations, Arai's been making some of the world's best helmets? And of course, Arai helmets meet all safety standards, but they also pride themselves in a blend of engineering tech and human craftsmanship that makes Arai, makes an Arai helmet fit better and feel better, which also protects you better. Your head is worth the very best. Go visit AraiAmericas.com for more information on their tech, their fit, and paint jobs. AraiAmericas.com because you owe it to you. Um, let's see. We'll kick some stuff off with some Moto America news. In the Super Sport class, you may have heard that beyond the Daytona 200, Jason, there will be two extended races. What does that even mean? Well, the good news is Moto America posted an article about it, which has more details. And of course, you and I know a ton of details about what's going to happen. But let's talk about it briefly, Jay, about these extended races, because we're going to be covering them. 
for Moto America, and it's going to be cool. Now, as of right now, you people out in the audience don't, don't really know the duration. I do, but it hasn't really been announced yet because they're still flushing some things out. But basically, you normally have what, Jay? An 18-lap or so super sport race that lasts somewhere around 23, 24 minutes, right? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say about 25 minutes, yeah. Yep. 25 minutes-ish. These are going to be extended, you know, somewhere around the double, the double distance type thing with mandatory pit stops, basically. So... What's going to happen is, is that you are going to, you know, like when you have Super Sport J, the biggest thing is you have bikes like Josh Heron's Ducati, right? The V2, the one that Chavi uh, Forez is going to race this year. That bike is is uh, electronically reduced in power in order to be competitive in the class. But that also reduces, like, say, the fuel consumption. So yep. they can go longer than, say, an R6 can go. And also, the Ducati's been very easy on the rear tire with Heron's setup. So the possibility that they wouldn't have to pit stop, they couldn't have that for everybody. So right. basically, what they're going to do is it's going to be a mandatory pit stop. There's going to be a certain amount of time. So you have to come in, and I believe you have to stop for a few seconds, you know, that type of thing. And then you have a choice. You can do it. You can fuel it, not fuel it. You can fuel it, or, you know, at a rear tire, not at whatever it is, but you're still going to have to stop. And the other thing is there's only going to be a maximum amount of people over the wall of four people, which is different from the Daytona 200. So they're trying something. What are your thoughts about it? I mean, we've talked about this a little bit before. I'm a big fan of trying something like this. You know, it kind of reminds me of the old, what were those races, Jay? The GTO, GTO GTU GTU. race that, yeah. that, that AMA Superbike had back in the day, yep. right before I started. They were endurance races. Like, they were like three-hour endurance races and stuff. Yeah. Back when I like was coming up, have, they were like, Three hour and you had races. to have a you had to have like a, a, a there was like a, a mandatory rider swap wasn't there? Yeah, that's exactly right. You know the first one of those I ever did just to not go off on a tangent, but you're always you're always drilling me for information, and this might be one yeah, that you know a story about race, me. You don't know. Loves your race stories. Is is uh, the first endurance race I ever did? AMA endurance race was at my very first national that I ever did. AMA national, and you know who my teammate was? Tiger Soa. <laughs> no i'll tell you the year how about that it how about was, that pull? it was that was a nice poll by the way yeah it was it would have been man i can't remember what year it was it was either in 19 90 90 or 91 it, right 89 or 90 okay all right 89 or 90 it was at sonoma i was running 750 super sport but i ran my 750 super sport bike in the three-hour endurance race and it's a, just a little quiz do you have any idea who my teammate was 89. 89. I think it was 89, 90. I don't know, Greg. It's, it's all blends together. I'm going to chuck some names out there. Let's see what happens. Yeah, chop a couple out, and I'll give you three guesses. Fritz Kling. No, didn't know Fritz yet. Brett Turking, Turkington. Brett Turkington. Nope, he was way above my pace Brett scale. Tur- he, was, he, was, he was already established, and I was just a nobody, which I still am, but yes. You've told me this before, actually. I know this story. Your dad. Yeah, my dad. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, my dad was my my dad was my teammate. We had a great time. And that's where I met Al Ludington, because back then you had carbs and we didn't know how to jet the bike. I didn't know how to jet anything. So that's where I met Al Ludington for the first time. He was working for Vance and Hines and he was super helpful. And uh it was at Sonoma. And yeah, and I think Oof. I think we finished seventh. Three hour at Sonoma. 
Yeah, I think we finished. I started. My dad did the middle stint. And I did, and my dad was fifty years old at that point. I think, and um, he did the middle stint. I did the last stint. Had a blast. That's the. I believe that was the weekend I saw a guy named Al Salavera jump off the back of a CBR nine hundred because he had no Al brakes. Sal. Oh yeah, yeah, he- great rider, and he he had no brakes, and he jumped off the back of this CBR nine hundred going into the last corner, and uh, but yeah, it, it's um these these things are they're going to be fun because they'll might throw some surprises at us. I think um and it though there's going to be details that are going to work get worked out that Motor America is going to do everything they can to work these things out. So, Greg, when we watch World Supersport, World Superbike, when they do their flag to flags, there's always that mandatory time that you say that you have to sit in the pits, right? Mm-hmm. So, if a, if a team does have an advantage, whoever that might be, that they can run a full distance on one tank of fuel, if they've got to come in and pit anyways, and they have a mandatory amount of time that they have to sit there, you got to think, why wouldn't you just change a rear tire anyways? If you're there, you might as well change it. Right, especially if you're on like a Ducati. I mean, it's one bolt. Be, you know what I mean? It'd be like really, really yeah. easy to just get those things in and out, right? So, yeah. and they're going to do this at Laguna and Barber, I believe, are the two venues. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Bar- Barber May nineteenth. Yeah, and I think it'll still July, be yeah. it'll be cool there. It'll be cooler, so it's not going to be like if like really hot. As and Laguna in July, punishing is yeah. Both those tracks are pretty physical. You know, both yeah. those tracks are pretty physical. So. There'll be an element of that of seeing, you know, who who you know can withstand that. I mean, look, all of our all of our kids that are racing now, I think, are pretty fit guys, so that's not going to really be an issue. Um, but it definitely will put a little bit more pressure on the teams to make sure guys get in and out. I mean, how many times have we watched the Daytona 200 where it's it's literally the team aspect of it that throws some people off, and it it can win or lose, you know, the race for you in the pits. So. Mm-hmm. It's good. I mean, Barber is what our second race of the year, so we're going to get to see this right off the bat. S- second Moto America race, right? Well, that's Daytona what I mean. Yeah. is not Daytona two hundred is not a Moto America sanctioned event, but but it's same bikes, mm-hmm. same rules, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, at our second, second I mean for the actual Moto America year. Super Sport Championship, it's yeah, the, the second points, race of the year. Yeah, yeah. So and and I'm sure that most of the teams, it'll be interesting to see if like a it'd be great to get like a Benjamin Smith or some of those kids. Uh, down to Daytona, you know, so they can do the 200 and, 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 uh, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see who's going to be going to the 200 this year. And, um, I think entries have opened up for that, correct? Like maybe, yeah, yeah. yeah entries yeah. are open. So, um, as we get closer to the event, I mean, Greg, we're only seven weeks out. <laughs> it's so know, crazy dude. to think about. I'm so pumped. And, um, but I'm excited about this aspect of it. I'm excited about it. Yeah, I think it's going to be something fun. New. And why why not give something? Tr- yeah, why not give it a try? You know, the thought was people spend money and have quick change stuff at Daytona. Mm-hmm. Why not utilize what they have, you know, a second or third time and just try it and see how it goes and see if it, you know, and I think it helps the team, especially the smaller teams, that you're going to limit the amount of people over the wall to four people. That way you're not getting outspent by a bigger team that might have eight people coming over the wall. And of those eight people over the wall, one of them has to have a um has to be holding the fire extinguisher yeah yep so you got to kind of figure okay you know what's what's going to happen there you're going to have one person on the rear wheel with the stand one person on the front it's going to be fun it'll be fun to watch watch people strategize how you're going to do it is moto america going to institute a pit stop window or will it be completely open you know in a case of like a josh heron or something or like a chavi Forez, i should say on that ducati or if anybody else runs a ducati 
which which by the way makes a lot of sense. I mean, they they never had to rebuild that motor once. It's, it's yeah, actually great. more along Super the GSXR huh? 750 line to be reliable, cheap, whatever. But if you think about it, are they going to be thinking about, hey, why don't we just do this? We know we're good on fuel. We know we're good on this. When the race is closed up, does it make sense for us to come in early and do our pit stop? Probably not because you have to pick your way through. Or when the race opens up, does it make sense for we're going to come in and do our mandatory pit stop with three laps to go? Because mm-hmm. we know we can make it on tire. We know who knows, you know? Yeah, there'll be strategies to be played out. Yeah. From our standpoint, from a TV standpoint, I think we'd rather have a pit window and say, like, you have to pit between lap, you know, whatever, 12 and lap so-and-so. So we know if we have commercial breaks because, look, we, you know, th- this is going to be an hour and a half broadcast. It, we, we, we can't show – I don't see how we can show the race commercial free for an hour and a half. I mean, nobody does that. It's going to mm-hmm. be one of those – two races that we're going to have to have just like the Daytona 200. So we have commercials in the middle of the race. So, we'll so on these races, cause I'm, I, d- I honestly don't know the answer to this uh, on the, on these race weekends, GW, there's just one super sport race, right? There's not like having a sprint race on Saturday and then do this thing Sunday. Correct. Just one, and just it's gonna, one race. It's going to be one race. It'll be Saturday and it'll be the last race of the day on Saturday. Okay. And then Sunday, so that frees up our Sunday programming just a little bit. Correct. Got yep. it. Yeah. A little bit more time for practice, you know, practice, whatever. And, uh, you know, maybe starting super bike races earlier. I don't know, you mm-hmm. know, so people can get home. It's hard to say, but yep. So that'll be cool. I'm looking forward great. to it. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. a new aspect. I like it. All right. So, um, I read this on crash.net Jay, that there's an article that was posted saying that according to an A.A. Bastianini's manager, uh, Carlo Pernat, who also does a bunch of stuff with GP one, like he's does articles and stuff that the MotoGP racers, will not race that sprint race that is going to happen on Saturday unless they get bonuses. And he said that they're hmm. obligated to run the first two rounds of those sprint races for some reason, but he has spoken with other managers of other riders and they're going to band together. So what are your thoughts about, you know, especially being a, you know, factory, a former factory superbike racer and all that stuff. What are your thoughts about the possibility of these riders racing these sprint races without bonus in, in place? Well, I think that's, you know, as a racer, if you're not getting bonuses to go out and risk yourself, then there's, I mean, look at it at this day and age, there's no reason for people not to be getting paid. You have to be getting paid to do these races. You can't just go out and risk everything for nothing, you know, especially at, I mean, what does it say about um, motorcycle racing worldwide? If our top series in the world and our top are, are considered our top, level riders in the world are not getting paid to, to do whatever. I don't know if they're bonus, if they're getting paid more money up front salary wise, because they've got more races, who knows? I think that there's a lot of things to work out there. It would be an absolute nightmare for Dorna. If all the riders decided to strike after two races and said, we're not doing these events because we're not getting paid. And then you've also got to find the guys that are getting paid and the guys that aren't getting paid. But then you have a, draw, a line drawn in the sand of, Hey, we're getting paid. You're not getting paid do we go out and race or do we stay together or, you know what I mean? It's like, there's a lot of little things there that you got to figure out. And I think Dorna would have been smarter G-Dub. I think it would have been smarter for them to do half the races, do two races, like do one on Saturday, do one on Sunday, depending on, on some of the tracks and that kind of thing, because these guys are getting put more and more at risk. And it's no different than world Superbike. Don't get me wrong, but I think world Superbike, and this would be a great question to ask a couple people that we know, um, as far as how that works for bonuses in in their their so-called sprint race. World Superbike, since its inception, has had two races. Since the very first year, I think World Superbike started in 88. Um, 
I think it was 88 or 89 or anyway. Yeah, 88. Is that 88? 88? Yeah. I think that's, that's the first year Fred Merkel won that championship. Fred right? Merkel won it. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you start to think about it, that that's how that series has always been. It's how it's grown. Now, I also understand that they do. And Greg, I don't follow F1 at all, as you know, but they do do sprint races, I think, on Saturdays there, too. I think they at a few of the events. At a few of the events they do, yeah. Of, and I only I think, know that because I play the video game. Oh, okay. <laughs> and sometimes you have to do that little short race. Yeah. Okay, so I think that I think if Dorna could have maybe gone and tested it and said, because they got 22 rounds. 21. I mean, 21. And their schedule's so crazy. And it's... It's nuts, dude. It's a matter of like it's resources nuts. too. Like if these guys start crashing and going through parts and they've got back, Well, here's back the rub too. The, the the rub is that the managers go to the manufacturer and say, we need bonuses. And the manufacturer turns around and say, well, this is something Dorna came up with on their own. So go to Dorna. And so they go to Dorna and say, well, the riders need bonuses. And then Dorna says, well, you ride for a manufacturer. So from what, you know, this manager, Panat said, it was like, it's just this revolving thing of getting pushed one way or the other. So something's going to have to give. And I mean, you know, to me, to me, if this race is a race and it's sellable, it's marketable, you can create social media from your win. You can create win ads that go in, you know, digital magazines and all that kind of shit. Then the rider should be getting paid a bonus because that's Mm -hmm. part of the deal. You know, you win. It's a, it's part of the motivation. It's part of the thank you. You know, it's, it, it makes your entire brand look better. I mean, would you rather win 21 races or would you rather win 42 races as a brand? You tell yeah. me. Yeah. Well, you know, doesn't matter if it's a sprint race or not, you know, all yeah. your sponsors can take that win and do something with it. And it's there's, I, you know, they're still giving out a trophy, I think, you know, so yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I'm definitely going to keep an eye on it. Um, let's go back to some Moto America stuff, Jay, because one of our favorite names in all of motorcycle <laughs> racing, Damien Jagalov returns to action in the States Jigalov, Jigalov, we'll have to, you know, reconnect with his dad and make sure we get that right. But he's going to be teamed with Chase Black on the 3D Motorsports team. Now, Jigalov is going to be racing the GSX-R750 in Supersport, and Black will be on the Aprilia RS660 on Revit Twins in the Revit Twins Cup class. What are your thoughts on Jigalov coming back to race? Because we saw him here, what, 2020? Yeah. I remember Damien when he was 12 years old. I mean, Damien, when he was 12 years old, he was a kid. Maybe 11 or 12. I remember having him out at Chuckwalla. Great kid. Dad, Dad's great. Um, I think it's good that he's back in. I know he hasn't been in our series now for a couple years. I think he's been doing some Weira stuff and things. So 3D Motorsports. Isn't that, uh, it's Dustin Dominguez. Isn't he part of all that? Dustin Dominguez, Is that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it could be. Yep. I think he's part of that. And um, so it's great. It's uh, you know, 3D Motorsports, I know, was around a little bit last year. And, um, and you know, now they're making maybe a little bit bigger jump. I think we're going to start to see a lot of these GSX-R 750s in Supersport as long as they can get some of the issues that they had kind of sorted, sorted, you know. And um, and for Chase Black, we've seen him. So he'll be on that new Aprilia or, or a couple-year-old Aprilia, whatever it is now. And, um, you know, that's going to be a crazy class this year, as you and I have said. But Dude, it's good to see some it new just faces keeps growing in and growing yeah. and growing, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, Absolutely. I can't wait. Like the the amount of entries versus you know this year versus last year are going to be staggering. And yeah. listen, man, there are rumors, really solid rumors, that someone mm-hmm. is going to bring the MV Augusta F eight hundred into into race supersport. Whether it's that the right? season or not, I don't know. Yeah, yep. but from what I've heard, uh, you know, because 
I, we mentioned on this podcast before, KTM closed the deal. Now they own 21% of MB Augusta. And from what I understand, business-wise, part of the, the deal that's sweet for them is that MV Augusta is now going to be able to you know, kind of leverage the dealership distribution around the world. And you know, the KTM's already in, that has that strong foothold. Yep. But now that KTM is interested and that bike is already homologated, I think the powers that be in the U.S. are looking at it and uh, and thinking about it. Or uh, the other bit is is that this person might be you know buying like buying a bike, you know buying that F eight hundred. But either way, I think we're going to see not at Daytona necessarily, from what yeah. I understand, but I think we may see one, and I think it's going to be great once it get announced once it gets announced. So yep. if you have that in Supersport now. I've also heard some rumors, the possibility of of some one or two teams fielding Yamaha tri- the the sorry the Triumph um, Street Triple seven sixty five Rs. Now you're talking, dude. It's just you get the flavors all over the place. Yeah, but that's know? what we knew this class would do. You needed a year. You know, you go back a year from from where we're sitting right now, and how many people are already making the assumptions of. This is going to be that, and that's going to be this. These bikes oh, yeah, aren't going to win. That's, they pooped all over you it. Know, and it's like people – and it's like you've got to give these things a year to marinate a little bit and figure out. And now, Greg, we ha- we saw last year uh, in World Supersport, we saw the Triumph win with Monzi on board. Now he's gone over to Tenkate, but we've seen the Triumph win at the Daytona 200 with Posh. And so we know that the Triumph's uh, a really good bike, and the stuff that they've done in Moto2 with their motors and things um, – uh, Triumph is a, is a big player. So it wouldn't surprise me at all to see guys, you know, try to build something around a Triumph or even the MV. So I'm looking forward to getting off air with you on here so you could tell me who that is with your little inside information that you got. <laughs> so, um, you yeah, think, but the, the, you think yeah. I would tell you? No, probably not. Uh, no, no, I'll tell you. The thing is, is, um, I feel that, I feel that we could have more brands and more people. And what that does is it offers, you know, really it offers up a few more opportunities to, to riders to be able to come into our championship. And there's a lot of guys, Greg, I have been hit up on WhatsApp by guys in Europe, racers that I don't even, that, that, you know, that I know of, you know, some big name guys that we both know of somehow they've got my number and they're talking, they're texting and talking to me about, (laughs) about rides over here in America. And that hasn't happened in, years i mean years and years that guys are really interested about trying to get over to america and 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 do some stuff and i think with the way our super sport stuff is now it's opening that up a little bit more for people as well yeah i i just think moto america is doing a good job it's you know you, you there's so many aspects to doing a good job right mm-hmm. there are you could look at it as three main aspects you look at distribution in terms of your digital product your tv you know however you want to say it but your your production of presenting the races and presenting the stories, you know, like the, the, the show that they have, you know, mm-hmm. uh, pressure to, to rise. Yep. So you look at the distribution around the world that Moto America has done some deals to get Moto America back out into the world, especially in Europe, Australia, places like that. And the second bit of course is the live event, you know, and, and there's room for improvement always in the live event. How do you keep the fans right. entertained? There's bikes on track all the time, but families come, what do you do? All that kind of stuff. And then the other bit that Moto America's always has to be concerned about is inside the paddock. You know, that customer, yeah. the people that are there racing. And and there's a lot of balls in the air to juggle. And a lot of people don't understand everything that goes into being, you know, the rule book holder, which is the AMA, but then being Moto America who runs the whole thing. And it's it's quite a task. And I think that, uh, you know, obviously we've seen the growth. You and I have seen it. I mean, Correct. the evidence of <laughs> Saturday night looking from our booth 
at Road America, oh. Road Atlanta, right of, of the stream of cars trying to get out. It reminds you Unreal. of what was going on in the in the you know the mid two thousands. You know yeah. when you were like, all right, I've got to strategize now, and that's when I know things have changed. When I go, I have to get up an hour earlier so I can get to the racetrack and not have to deal with traffic. That's when yeah. I know that things are changing because it's, it's been a same long time. With me. There were times last year I had traffic getting into a couple of races and I was laughing because, you know, you're sitting there and on one side, you're like, oh, this sucks. But on the other hand, I'm like, oh, this is kind of nice. You know, it's good to see mm-hmm. people coming out. And Motor America's made these more these events more than just racing. There's a lot of things for fans and kids to do with the races, and that's what they they will continue to strive towards. So, yeah, I think I think overall going in the right direction. So, you know, we'll see. Hey, look, uh, and- we'll see how it all goes. There's another thing I wanted to mention. We're going to mention it uh, pretty much all year, okay? And it's going to be just to help Moto America out. We're not sponsored by Moto America, this podcast. Obviously, Jason no. and I work for Moto America. We broadcast and stuff, but we love the the sport. If you – Moto America needs volunteers for corner workers. And I mean, listen, the more corner workers, the better. The more hands on deck, the better it is. They're looking for corner workers for Daytona. If you want to get an inside look at a motorcycle race and be fulfilled knowing that you've helped some people out, why don't you volunteer? Uh, if you go to Moto America, you can go. There's some links there on how to volunteer. You know, the, I'll put the link in the description of this podcast as well. It's, you know, because it's complicated. It's like it's like motorsportreg.com slash events slash, you know, 2023 Marshall volunteer, whatever. So there's a whole thing. There'll be a link in there. If you're thinking about coming to Daytona and you want to help out, definitely sign up. It's a really cool way. And trust me, every rider out there, every team out there appreciates everything that the corner workers do and the hustle and all that kind of stuff. So it's a unique opportunity. And I'm sure that there'll be opportunities all year long at all the Moto America races to volunteer, to be a corner worker. So go check that out. Um, what a great way See, for all the news to kind of get all, involved. So it's good, you know? It's good. Yeah, no, it's really good. Yeah. And and look, man, I mean, you've been down in corners before. And, you know, the one, I'll tell you what, man, in the, in the times when I hit the deck, it was always good to see a, just another body, right? Like another human yeah. being after you crash because it's it's jarring when you when you hit the deck. I don't care if it's just a low side or whatever, but it especially if you can't run to the bike, pick it up and keep going and you're kind of stuck, it's always nice to see a smiling face or someone hey, trying to help you it, out. It's really bizarre, like when you when you have something like that happen, when you have something big, or you know, um, it, and and that first person that gets to you, you it's it's it you, they they make a difference in your day. I can tell you that right now because you you're kind of stunned or you get or even if you're hurt, that person they're just there to comfort you until ambulance gets there or whatever. It's a it's a very responsible job for uh, for anybody that decides to do that. So if you can get involved in it and it's something that you're passionate about and you like the riders and you like the racing do it. Hey, I, I I know we're done with the news. I I thought I would just add one thing to it. Did you see where Remy Gardner talked about riding the R1 a little bit? Because he, he, you know, he got not. on that thing. And uh, what's really funny is, you know, you get guys coming from, you know, Grand Prix classes, you know, he's where he's been in Moto2, he's been in MotoGP, obviously Moto2 world champion. And he talked about when he jumped on this, you know, super bike, um, you know, he more or less took, uh, took Garrett's spot, you know? And mm-hmm. He's talking about how easy it is to ride that GRT Yamaha. Like he's, he was actually thought it was going to be faster. Talks about how smooth the power is. Um, and it goes to show you the technology that these guys, you know, I think he's probably got on that bike expecting it to be raw or be a lot more, um, maybe not as user-friendly and superbikes now, Greg, they're just that user-friendly. And, and now it kind of goes back to what we've talked about. Um, even when I got to ride that R1 that Stamboli put me on a year or so ago 
the physical aspect of it is you can ride them so much harder now. And he talks a little bit about some of that and, you know, getting used to the tires was, you know, the, the, the Pirellis are different than the Michelins, but I mean, it's hard to compare tires too when you're on a production frame and a, and an actual, um, like MotoGP frame, right? A prototype. Yeah, totally chassis. different. So, so that's going to make things react a little bit different as well. But I thought it was an interesting read. I saw it on GP one. And um, did did you see the um, the old Formula USA race that was that was posted on Road Racing World this last couple of days? The, the what? Did you watch it? it? Formula the, USA the... race. Oh yeah, 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 yeah! I remember those. Yeah. In 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 that so so they po- they posted that race up on Road Racing World, right? And the one it's kind of goes to what you're talking about. Like Rich Oliver was on the 500 GP bike, Kenny Roberts Marlboro bike against a bunch of GSXR 1100s, I think is what it was, mm-hmm. you know, that type of stuff in FUSA. And they were at a really bumpy Portland track. And mm-hmm. it's like the street bike was better on the bumps. You know, the, yeah. obviously the 500 was faster. I think they did a walk around to 167 horsepower out of that four cylinder, two stroke 500. And you're like, wow, that's a lot of power. Now it's like, <laughs> they're like 300 horsepower now know, GP bikes, crazy. but so just had the advantage on the straightaway, but over the bumps, man. And that, it, that's the difference too. Like you would talk to Cameron Bobier about it, right? He just got off the Moto2 bike. It's just exactly, you know, like Remy Garner goes Moto2 to Moto GP bike. Well, you still have a race prepared, like a race only chassis. It's not yeah. designed, you know, on smooth European tracks. Now you get on something. Plus you add those Pirellis onto it that are soft. Yeah. It, it's, it's bikes are really it's gonna good, be a big, man. It's going to be a big difference. And those guys start testing again. Uh, and Jerez, uh, I believe at the end of the month, um, can't wait. So, or February. So yeah, I mean, all that's getting started. Did you see Gerloff's video too about his BMW test? I didn't get to watch it yet. I'm dying. I got to watch it. I just haven't watched it yet. At, at the end, he's like, well, we have another test coming up, you know, like at the end of January, (laughs) wherever. And then we have another test after that. And all of them are fall under that possibility that it's going to rain. And Garrett's like, man, there's a possibility that I might not have a dry lap till I get to Phillip Island. And I don't want to do that. And I'm like, dude, I don't want him to do that either. You know, yeah, that's, but it was that's cool in that bummer. video. They did a little interview with Baz talking to, you know, like, cause those two guys sat together and they were showing them. And then, and then whoever shot the video actually pulled Baz aside and was talking about it. And, and yeah, I, I, I liked Loris when he was here, man, you know, and I did just too. Like, I thought it was great. Yeah, he was fun. And, and watching him do the videos, you're just like, ah, there's there's our boy. You know, there's our yeah. boy. Uh, I, I do want to mention one thing, Jay, and it's only because, you know, you you and I have had these conversations all the time. Like this, there's a lot of people that we know in the industry that have come and gone that have passed away and stuff. And Andrew Wheeler passed away, who was a photographer um, at home. And it looked like it was just from some health issues he was having. I love that guy. Um, he's He was part of some big moments in my life in 2007, Steve or your boy, Steve Rapp and, and I, and, um, Matthew miles and Tom McComas went off to Australia <laughs> to ride in the bush and to oh, go to a, a motor GP race. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah, it was some group. Yeah. What a group. And, and we were escorted around by one of the craziest human beings on the planet, a guy named Brett whale and McComas and Brett whale got into a fight and started, I mean, just bloody faces. It was on unreal there. Literally McComas was, was in Australia the last couple of weeks, like over Christmas and stayed at Brett whale's house. Because those oh, guys, after beating each other up, became great friends, you know? That's funny. But 
Andrew Wheeler went on that trip with us and took all the photos from that deal. And wow. it, you know, uh, Matthew Miles did an article in Cycle <laughs> World that came out in April of 2008. Anyway, he was a really good dude, and and I, I'm gonna miss him a lot. And he ran into some real big health problems the last couple of years. I didn't get to see him enough, and so I just wanted to mention that real quick. But Jay, the other thing I want to mention is that I didn't put in the news, but we've got to mention it is Don Sakakura, wow. the president of Yo- Yoshimura, retires. He retired oh, yeah. after 43 years in racing. It's a good. Number. I mean, how about a little? How about a little hand clap yeah. for Don and his no amazing doubt. career? He is part of obviously some real. <laughs> key moments in my life including the 2007 ride that was never a ride on ben spees on the factory bike but jay i just wanted you to reflect on don's don his career and what don meant to you because you rode for don for a couple of years on yosh yeah. as a factory rider so tell us a little bit about don and and how he's he hasn't been in our paddock a ton because yosh left but he's, yep. he's dipped his toe in he was at laguna you know with Ari henning doing the twins cup and stuff but tell me about don and and just uh, and his one impact. of the kindest understated human beings that you're going to meet. And it seems like all the great ones are a lot like the personalities of a Don Sekakura. I, I think of guys like Merlin Plumley, who, um, you know, who we lost years ago, who was just a quiet guy, Super. did his business. Every single person admired him. Every single person uh, looked up to him. You mentioned somebody like Don Sekakura's name and you just don't have a bad word. There's not a bad word that you could speak of about him um his impact over the years and the things that he has seen i think some of the greatest pictures are of when don in his very early years with yosh in like the late 70s with Wes cooley when he's sitting there in his in his jumpsuit you know that very very jap very japanese uniform like jumpsuit um you know as a as a mechanic or as as whatever don was back then i mean i was uh, i was 10 years old so i don't i don't know don from those years but whether he was the guy running the tires or whatever at that point, he worked himself all the way up into a position uh, you know, of power, and you would never know it. You'd never had guessed it. The fact that he was there for 43 years says a lot about him and who he was and is. And um, he, He's a guy that, honestly, that, that you – when Yosh left – when uh, this is the honest truth. When Yosh left the paddock, the void for me was not seeing Don. You know, yeah. like Don Sakura, he was just such a main – character in our paddock for all those years. And he, for me was, uh, you know, you look around and yeah, the Yosh team's not there, but Don Sekakura is not there. And that's somebody who you just got used to seeing at every single round, right? Mm-hmm. Over all these millions of years, you think about the different personalities he had to manage over the years in, in and out <laughs> of his trucks. I mean, um, you go now, back. We're not and talking just at, riders, Jay. We're talking no, crew mechanics, chiefs, crew chief, mechanics. riders, uh, managers, parents, or even, even worse, everything. a manager that it was a parent. <laughs> Me, everything, you know, all of the everything. TV people. Oh my god! Yeah, you just look at all of it and you think the stuff that he had to go through and manage. And um, yeah, I mean, I've got some. I've got a couple stories about him when I rode there, and um, he'd always come to you whether you did did shitty or whether you did great. He always came to you with the same look on his face, the same delivery of the message he was going to say to you it never changed so it was it was he was always a very calming influence and was always a guy that would if he talked you you listened so congratulations to don 43 years mm-hmm. of yosh amazing it would be great to have him on here that's not a bad idea i'd love to we got to get him on yeah we could we could get not only could we get stories but how much fun would it be to just talk to him about 
the different writers. I mean, think about how many writers came through under Don Sakakura's um, kind of reign there at Yosh from, let's just go, even if you go mid eighties on the number of people that he had there and the, the legends that wrote for him um, over the, over all those years. Incredible. Just amazing. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, yeah, you just, you go back and you always such an even keel too, dude. Like, you know, me, yeah, if, yeah, I, if I, if I, if I mess up something, I take it to heart, right? Like if I really mess it up bad. So it was a couple of years ago, you know, it was a fierce battle between basically Yosh and Yamaha and mid season Yosh had changed wheels. And mm-hmm. I noticed something. And one of the crew chiefs said to me, yeah, we've changed the wheels. We've gone to these lighter wheels, blah, blah, blah. It helps with our acceleration. And I know, as I normally say, is that something I can say on air? Mm-hmm. And the crew chief said, yeah, you can say it on the air. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I know that it was Davy Jones and I know that Davy's listening. He's, you know, on, in flat track now, but, and that was a big mistake. So I get on air and I'm like, yeah, so, <laughs> so About yeah, he has these new wheels and it's helped <laughs> with acceleration. Right. And Don like absolutely like he, he lost his mind as Don Sakakor would lose his mind, which is we have to have a meeting about this. So those people, you know, so Davey gets in trouble. He of course does the right thing with integrity, admits that he did it. Don says something to me about it. Like, Hey, this is information that we didn't want out, whatever. I think I'm in trouble and I'm just apologizing to him up and down. And he just puts his hand on my shoulder and says, it's don't worry about it. We, I know that he said it was okay for it to go on air. I'm just kind of letting you know. And I mean, I must have apologized to him for two weeks just because yeah. you just wanted to respect the guy. Well, you, you never would I mean? burn. You never want to burn Don, right? You never you, want to burn Don because he's never. such a good dude. Yeah. Look, I don't tell the story very often. Obviously, we've talked about it before. My 2007, you know, factory ride on Ben Spee's stock thousand bike after he wins the championship. The story I don't tell is really how it happened. You know, it was it was road road Atlanta. It was one week until. We had a two-day event at Laguna. It's Sunday night. That's Spies right. Spees had wrapped up the Stock Thousand Championship. I'm watching everybody unpack, and I go to Tom Houseworth, and I just jokingly say, yeah, you guys should put me on that bike next round with an onboard camera and a microphone, and I'll commentate from the race. And he goes, and I was joking, Jason. I didn't really want to ride. <laughs> I had ridden that year with Melissa Paris, and I were doing that endurance thing. That was 2007, just a few weeks or months before was when I was in the hospital with that collapsed lung from Utah. So I hadn't been riding. I hadn't been in shape. And I was just like, yeah, I'll do it. And he said, you know, it's not a bad idea. Let's go ask Don. Yeah. I was like, oh, thank God. Don's going to put a stop to this immediately. And so he went over to Don and he said, Greg wants to ride Ben's bike next week. And Don said, what do you think? In Don <laughs> style, right? And Tom yeah, said, I think, think? It'd be a good di- I think it'd be a good distraction from our race with Maladin if Greg's on that bike. It'll help us, like, you know, stay focused, actually. Yep. And so Don said, okay, so let's go to Mr. Ito. <laughs> you remember oh, Ito's son? Mr. Ito. Oh, my gosh. How tall was he? 5'2"? Yeah, I don't know. Weighed why about making, 90 why, pounds? Why are you making fun of short people, G-Dub? No, I'm not. I'm just okay. saying because what happens I mean, why, is you know, we walk up, up to Ito. Times, you know what I'm saying? We walk up to Ito's son. <laughs> yeah. And Don says, Greg wants to ride Ben's bike next week. Can we make it happen? And Don and and Ido San takes his mask off and he looks at me and he goes, <laughs> Big Greg? Big Greg. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He goes, Big Greg? Okay. And I was like, ah shit, man. Now I'm Don. committed to this, you know. I go to Alpine Stars. Can you make a suit in a week? Yeah. Ah, oh, crap. I go to Arai. Can you get a helmet to the helmet paint? 
Yeah, no problem. Like everything was like, everything fell into place. And I was like, yep. no, I don't. I mean, I wanted to and I didn't want to at the same time, you know? Yeah, yeah. And of no. course, I didn't qualify for the race and the rest is, you know, history. But I'll never forget the way Don handled that situation. Yeah, I just kept great. thinking that Don's going to say no. There's no shot. But yeah. again, hey, that time we talked about a couple of weeks ago, Jay, when, when when I got to test the um, you know, the the Jordan bike, and then that led into the Yosh thing. Mm. I thought then too, like, hey, they're at Chuck Walla, they're testing, they don't want me to ride the bike. Don will say no. <coughs> nope. Yeah. Don was like, sure, ride our bike. Mm. Uh, no, just Don, a great guy. Don was always great. He's missed. Great guy. He's missed, yep. and he will be missed. But congratulations, like Jason said, on your retirement. All right. So now that's it. Forty-four minutes into this podcast, that's news presented by Arai. Great. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. 45 minutes in. Well, we've got some other news, G-Dub, as far as what we've got going, because this last weekend was first round of Supercross, and um, you, I need you to do a little checking on me on something right now, because I heard that they just canceled what? Oakland this weekend. <clears throat> oh, really? So, you just heard yeah, that while, right now? Well, right now. So while I'm reading the results here of what happened this last week, Anaheim won. Have a look at it for me. So Anaheim won was Eli Tomac, Cooper Webb, which I think is... Getting overlooked a little bit here. Cooper Webb finishing second at the season opener. Um, that guy is going to be a problem, I think, for a lot of people. It's really weird how a two-time champ like Cooper Webb wasn't really getting discussed before this weekend. Chase Sexton ends up finishing third. Fourth, Dylan Ferrandis, another guy who just kept plugging away. And Ken Roxon on that Suzuki, he ended up fifth. Another guy I was super impressed with, Colt Nichols, in his debut ride for the Honda team. He ends up sixth. Jason Anderson Plessinger. Adam Cianciro, steady ride, ends up ninth, and Joe Savacci ends up 10th. Uh, big big things happened in this race, Greg. The track, number one, looked really, really gnarly. It's a Eli Tomac, and all the starts he's had, has never won season opener. Uh, and he goes out and wins in Anaheim after crashing, too, by the way. He ends up sliding off gently up over the top of a, a table chop jump and gets up, luckily not to be hit. And then he starts picking away at these guys. And the speed that he had, I had a couple friends that were at the race that were texting me during the race. And they're like, it's a joke. The guy's got is just at another level. Because of the physicality of the track and how gnarly it was, I think it favored him. Um, and Cooper Webb, too. Cooper Webb, we know him as a super fit kind of guy that, that maybe struggles at the beginning of the year. He ends up second. But Eli, Greg, after winning the championship last year, I mean, this – Yamaha looks like it just fits him to a T right now. You know, it's it's one of those situations where he changes, right? He goes to a new team, gets some fresh faces in front of him. They listen to him, give him what he wants in a setup where Kawasaki was allegedly against the things that he wanted to do, and he's having it his way. And, dude, I mean, here's the thing. Cooper Webb, good start to the season. We yeah, haven't seen start. a lot from him. So, Cooper Webb is a guy who gets better and stronger and all that stuff as the season goes on. Yeah. But with the form that Eli Tomac had with the, the, the Bubba scrub crash, I guess you could say, right? Yeah. The Bubba yeah. scrub fall. So, off. Hey, he, he just kind of slid to the top of, he he slid slid the, top of the thing. Yeah. Like it wasn't really like, yeah, it was a weird deal and coming back and winning that thing. If you just looked at that one race, would you say that anybody's going to beat Eli Tomac this year? It would be difficult, but I will say this. If Cooper Webb gets off the line with him, you know, I, I think Cooper Webb had pace, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, when you look at best time to best time, Eli's best time is three-tenths quicker than Cooper. All the leaders in the first five were all in the in the 59s. Uh, in the 59s. Actually, I think But look Malcolm, who, but look who Malcolm, else had a 59-6. Malcolm Stewart. So, yeah. 
he met Malcolm Stewart ended up, yeah, Ken Roxanne did a 59.6 as well mm-hmm. early. Um, Malcolm Stewart went 59.7. Sad to see him fall. I mean, uh, you got to think that when he took the lead, um, man, you kind of had to think that this could be the night, you know, for Malcolm. And it was, I don't know, the, you know, if it was pressure, I don't know exactly what it was, but makes a couple of big mistakes and ultimately keeps up the fight. And then with what, two minutes to go in the race, he, Looks like he caught a false neutral or kicked the thing in the neutral going off the top of a tabletop. Nosedived into the next face and had a big crash. Thank goodness he was not hurt, you know? Yeah, but, you know, with a 2.7 second margin of victory, how would you rate, though, this race? Because the takeaways from the race, I thought, like, it was very entertaining because of this person falls off, this person leads. Oh, no, all of a sudden Sexton's catching, you know, uh, Malcolm Stewart. He fought, this thing happens, and... I thought it was a very entertaining race. Like it I was. left that race going good season opener, even though the margin of victory was no, it was not it was, great. It was great, and you know, you think about it, G Dub. The the fact that um, I when Tomac fell, you know, there's a group of us doing all of the fantasy stuff, and and um, Michael Gilbert sent me a text like immediately going, Tomac can still win. And I'm like, ah, I don't think so. Sexton's kind of out front. I, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But you could tell that whatever it was, like Chase didn't feel comfortable. Like he, he said there was a couple things. And if you look back, what I was finding really funny is some of the ruts and the turns that were leading into the face of jumps, Tomac's bike just looked hooked up through those. And you look at the, uh, some of the other bikes, they didn't look as good. And I, when Sexton said there's some things that they felt that they needed to be worked on, it kind of looked to me like that would be the, that would be the things that needed to be worked on the most because uh, his bike just didn't look as good. Let's just say, as some of the other bikes, um, as the ruts got deeper and the truck and the track became a little bit gnarlier in 250 G dub, um, you know, Jet Lawrence goes out and does what everybody thought Jet Lawrence was going to do. He wins by five, five seconds, uh, over Hampshire and Cameron McAdoo, uh, Oldenburg fourth, Volan, uh, Enzo Lopes, who, man, he was so fast during the day and so fast in his heats and stuff. He ends up six. I thought he'd finish a little higher up. Levi Kitchen, Nicoletti, uh, Robertson, and Derek Kelly end up rounding out your top 10. Um, I don't think, I think everybody's kind of given Jet Lawrence the championship already in this. And I think the saddest thing that you can see coming out of this, and we found out this morning, is Austin Forkner crashing out the way he did at the very start of that race. Sounds like he's got a, a knee injury or whatever, that you know, some sort of leg injury. Yeah. And this guy yeah, is just, he's just snake bit in me a little bit. Um, you got to feel so bad for him. Too. Yeah, I, do. I love it when people yeah. get online and rip on guys like this. Like, like first off, I don't know Austin Forkner. I wouldn't. I don't know him at all. He doesn't know who I am. I don't know who he is. But in the off season, I know how hard these guys have to work to be ready for a one motocross and supercross is so much gnarlier than road racing because these guys are on a bike every day, and so their risk level is so high as far as at any moment these guys can get hurt without crashing. These guys can come off a jump wrong case something, do wrists, do knees, whatever to get taken out or not get taken out, but just to have a race incident happen (laughs) on the, on the start straight of the first race of the year and be out for the season. I mean, that's as devastating as it gets for this young man. And, um, I, you know, I feel awful for him. I mean, I just feel, and it, and it puts a little dent in the, puts a little dent in the uh, championship as well as Pierce Brown going out second corner in his heat race. Second corner, and uh, sounds like he's going to be okay to ride again, but soon. 
But man, what a shame for for Austin Forkner. On the 450 side of things, Jason, it feels like this season is going to go two ways for me. Either Tomac is going to dominate or we're going to have a ton of winners. Tomac, Webb, Sexton, Dylan Frandis might win one. Kenny Roxon might sneak one in on a Suzuki. I think that Aaron Plessinger, who had a 59-7, like the third or fourth fastest lap of the race. He was good. He has the potential. Stewart. You know. Like there's just so, and obviously Jason Anderson, who who struggled, he seemed to struggle this particular day, but he's definitely capable of winning. There's a, there's so much talent that can win and has won in the past that I think it's going to be great on that 250 side of things. Yeah, I mean I'm not giving Jet Loris the championship because he can make mistakes and people can get hurt and all that kind of stuff. But there, dude. Jet Lawrence did a 59667 yeah. on a 250. It's unreal. A 59667. Oh, by the way, a 59606 was Tomac on a 450. Yep. The, the only yep. only Tomac Crazy. and Kenny Roxon were faster than amazing. Jet Lawrence on a 250. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Crazy, dude. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, those times are close. You know, like the the next fastest time is going to be Hampshire at a one minute flat. You know what I'm saying? Like those those lap times are close. But I'm just it's it's nuts. But Jay, let's talk about something that impacts well, real, us real quick. Real quick on that front yeah. too. When you talk about Tomac, I'll tell you the one thing, G Dub, and and watching the guys. You know, I watched some of the lead up to the to the night show um during the day and. Even the when those guys were going out for their practices and their qualifyings, you know, they drop a gate just like they would in a race. And Tomac is getting unreal starts now. And I think that is the other thing that you gotta look at it at is that if he continues to get these starts that he's now found and he can have clear track in front of him and run the pace that he wants to run and not have to keep coming through the field. I mean, that's been his thing, hasn't it, through the years, is that we've had to yeah. watch him come through people and he just isn't doing that. And it's the same for Jet Lawrence. That guy led every lap of the race. And those two guys, you start getting giving those guys good starts. Um, I it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna be hard for the other guys. Well, the, other, but, the other thing about yeah. Tomac too, Jay, is that he's in he's in the part of his career now where if he doesn't have a winning bike, he's not gonna push and get and hurt himself to get Correct. that first place. He'll get those points. He's gonna and just keep he's going gonna forward. race for the championship. Yeah. And he's smart enough to do that. Where other other guys, when they get on their back foot, they're they're gonna want to try to take big chunks of points back. And they put more at risk. And that's where Supercross gets a little bit sketchy in the yep. early part of the season. I mean, Chad Reed's been on this podcast plenty of times talking about the way you win a Supercross championship is the long haul. You got to yeah. look at it. You got to be there till the end, period. Yes. Tomac exactly almost right. wasn't, and he would have won the championship, right? He was hurt at the end of last year, but yep. still. Or maybe that was motocross. But motocross, yeah. 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 Well, but let's let us let us talk, let's talk fantasy, Jay, because I, as much as I hate to say this. You did pretty good. You did pretty good. I had a good, good. day. I had a, I had a All good All right, but evening. look, we're, yes. we're on Pulp MX Fantasy. All right, it's pulpmxfantasy.com slash league slash Greg's Garage Podcast. We have 300-something people that are in our league. Uh, I think 100 and, you know, almost 200 people actually participated this week. If you join us at the end of the year, if you're number one, you win an Arai helmet and you win a set of Dunlop Q5s. Second place gets a set of Q5s of your choice, whatever size you want. They make them in a variety of ranges, you know, from superbike sizes all the way down now to junior cup sizes. And third place will get a set of Dunlop Q5Ss, the street version, so you can go carve the canyons. So there's some stuff at stake. Jason, Tay Belts smokes everybody. 256 points right mm. out of the gate. Amazing. Okay. It's a big number. You have 
T-Wig, 5-4-7 in second place. PM140, who we've seen up in the mix several times, is in third. Uh, Ed, I don't even know, B-Bit, J, whatever, in fourth. And JP43 in fifth place at 238 points. It won't last. Three positions ahead of Uncle Skip. That's the main thing. Got to be ahead of Uncle no, Skip. The main, no, the main thing is tied with Uncle Skip in eighth place is beat JP43. So let's know. go. Good start for beat JP43. <laughs> We're out of the gate. Jason well, we gotta, Pridmore. Yeah. Luck or skill? What got you to fifth place? It's your concession podium. Go ahead. I'm not going to tell you what I learned last year, but I tried it this year and it worked. So we'll see how I continue, but I guarantee it won't last. Oh, well, I hope it does. You know, the funny bit was I had Forkner as well. And, you know, I think he got me four points, which if I could have somehow figured out a way to, you know, if he could have finished could've, top three, should've. it would have been nice. Yeah. Could have, would have, should have, but it didn't happen. And that's going to happen to everybody throughout the course of the year. So I'll tell you one thing though. I had four guys in one heat race this this last week and they finished first through fourth in the heat race ah, come on man i only had six crazy? people even make the main i was laughing i'm me. like uh, after the 450 heat i was like well all my guys are in i'm not i i was never even close to not getting all eight of my guys in which never happens but like i said there's there's you know i'm trying something a little bit different this year i don't know if it'll work who knows it worked the first week and um yeah, I had a good week. So that was that was fun. And you didn't actually have a horrible night considering you only had six people in, right? I, I Yeah, I didn't have a horrible night. I mean, I, I right now in our pool, I'm like 60th, I think. Is that right? Are you? Yeah. Six, 62nd with 185 points. Okay. Considering I only had four people in. Not not too shabby. Oh, I do want to make a comment. You're tied, Carol, you're Carol 40. With, uh, yeah. yeah. With who? With who? Who am I tied with? You're tied with Derek Keys, Savannah. Your head of Andrew Lee. Nice. Yeah. yeah I have nice. to I have to comment about I just want to and then maybe this this person's been around before, but in third tied for thirteenth place is Big Boar Short Stroke. Oh my god. Big fan of that name. Just big fan. Yeah. No. Big Boar looking, Short looking Stroke. Down you don't get line. it because you don't know engines. That's but right. <laughs> AZ Stop. Sonic Snake in twenty second. Caro forty three in twenty fourth. We got yep. some mass hole. Masshole coming in at 32nd. All right, yep. so it's hotly contested, folks. The one thing you do not want to do, all right, I'm, I'm begging you people out there in podcast land, do not let Jason Pridmore win a set of Q5Ss or Q5s. So like you, uh, How about Weege's in our uh, – dude, I can see – I see Weege, Dougie Lincoln, Gilbert's right there. Uh, there's a bunch of uh, – all our boys and stuff are in this. And we got – I got Corey Alexander to do it, but he'll probably last like three rounds, and then he'll be out because he, he'll forget or whatever. But. You know what would be cool for Pulp MX? If they would do one of those things where uh, – like I've, I've seen this done before and some other series do it, where you can click on a link and it'll automatically download all those uh, calendar reminders. You know? That's what I'd like to see. Just give me a calendar reminder that I can just click on a button – pop it in there, set, you know, one hour before the thing happens or two hours before. And so my phone goes bonkers. Yep. So, you know, that'd be nice. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. But I, I do have a, Sorry. I have a, a, at the complaint department, I need to understand why, why is it that, um, that uncle skip hasn't done the, the four of us, like me, you skip and, and, and Chuck, mm. our boss, I I'm waiting for that email where I I'm up, whatever I'm up five bucks on each one of you. Cause 
You know, I mean, we can get on that any time. It doesn't have to be a start of the season thing, right? So, I mean, what's the difference? Yeah. Let's go, well, we Uncle gotta, Skip. I think the, I just because, just because he's too busy driving around SoCal golfing. But I mean, all his golf courses are underwater right now, right? They're so all underwater. He sent me a text yesterday. He's like, "I think we're gonna have a problem." I'm like, "Yeah, I think we're gonna have a problem." And <laughs> didn't he just become a granddad too? Did he? Congratulations, Skippy. I That's think right. He, he did. did. So maybe way, he's a little reached, bit busy at the moment. Weege texts me in the moment we're doing this podcast, which is Wednesday. If you're listening to it on Wednesday, it's just mm-hmm. probably an hour or two before you're listening to it. Weege says that Oakland is not canceled yet. But oh. obviously, there's because of the rain that NorCal's getting, there's a there's a big possibility because that stadium's open air. So is it? it could be yep. getting crushed. I don't know. Yep. Wow. By the way, I do want to say one thing about... Um, oh, there's Mass Hole Favorite. I like that name. But uh, um, Jeff Wheel... <laughs> From Arai Helmets, who's who's the one who supports this podcast. He's down in 130th place. So excellent start for you, dipshit. Suck it. Oh, that's there you go. A little harsh, I think, on Jeff. A little harsh. But anyways, yeah. See, I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna get too high on my horse here as far as the weekend goes. And I did in that I think we're in aren't we in one of the RM fantasy ones too? Are you in one of those? Yeah, Uncle Skip's big big Uncle fantasy Skip's one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think You're I'm in third place. Third or fourth? Am You're, I fourth? Oh, third, third or fourth place, tied with my boy Steve Anderson on the archery side. I got a couple of my archery buddies involved. Nice. They, they did well. Yeah, they yep. did well. So, wow. um, me on the other hand, not so well. Yeah, that's well. A- I had I had I picked Tomac and the RM. I picked Tomac and then I I pulled him out because I second guessed myself and put Chase Sexton in there and that that just crushed my spirit. So there you go, it's crushed. All right, you'll yeah. you'll you'll bounce back. It's the first one of the year. Um, Our well, league hopefully- is there in the description. It's a pulpmxfantasy.com. Greg's Garage Podcast is the name of the league. Come join us, have some fun. We may talk about you on the thing. Don't forget the social media us about what you're up to too. Okay, because yeah. it's it's just a good it's for yeah. There's some prizes involved, but it's for us to have a good time. That's it. Yeah, it is. It is, and I hope that they don't cancel Oakland. But who knows? Who knows if they do or if they don't? But hopefully they won't. And uh, man, Greg, yeah. I'm I'm literally leaving for I'm going to be at Chuck Walla for ten I'm days. Leaving ten days. Jet plane. So we got we got great weather out there. Ten so days in the cabins, huh? Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. What's that grocery store you get to stop by though that I love so much on the way out there? Winco, Winco, where you get to make yeah. your own, you get to make your own nut butter. I know mm, you love the good, stuff. I know you love a, some buttery nuts. So yeah, that's huh? <laughs> that's gonna. No, you know, yeah, you, you go to that machine and they have like <laughs> almonds, and then you can just yeah. you just hit the lever and it crushes them and makes it. So there's the, that's that place is really good. Even yeah. Jeff White commented how cool that place is. Well, it's it's easy. You get you just on the way out. I got Raspoli coming out. Andrew Lee's coming out. Corey's coming out. So. Jeff yeah. White's coming out. Jeff White, Ollie. I, we got all kinds of good. It's going to be me. I'm We're, staying home and I'm practicing archery because next weekend I'm off. And then I have three weekends in a row. Three weekends? Well, I'm local tournament in two weekends. And then I go to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, then to Vegas to shoot bows. And, and Daytona's going to be here so fast. You know that, right? Dude, it's right, it's right after that. It's it, Daytona's going to be like right here. So we should, are we going to Airbnb it? At Daytona? We we should we'll look into I'll look into it I'll look into All it right. and let you know. Well, let's let's get on that and have a look and uh, next week March I'll take my 9th? I'll take my stuff to Chuck Walla. Maybe we'll do uh, we could do the podcast next week. Yeah, from do Chuck, it from your. You know what we should do? What we'll Tell do me. is I'll get Find Jeff White on. I'll get Jeff White on here with us. All right, I, I, I got to go. I Jeff White could be a good. He'd be great, don't you think? Get Jeff on here. No, 
Jeff White, no? dude, Jeff White is brutal. Okay, Jeff He's White. He's great. He could tell us all about Christmas and you going up there, and I'm sure there'd be some good stories. Say goodbye. Little, brother, little brotherly love on the old podcast, don't you think? I got to go. Say goodbye. <laughs> all right, everyone. Have a great weekend. Stay dry out there. If you're going out and riding, have a, have a good time and be safe. And um, if you're at the track, come say hi. Talk to you. F. Jeff White.